It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insight, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. Welcome to another episode of the Franchise Academy. My name is Tom Scarta. Thanks for checking in with us once again. If you have not been with us before, I'm a franchise advisor and coach, and I match people with franchise opportunities based Welcome on Welcome to skills, another episode of the Franchise Academy. My goals, kind of like the e-harmony of business is what I like to call it. Um, I work with folks all over the country, been doing it for 18 years now. Uh, but I'm I, I'm really interested in getting into the conversation for today, though. Enough about me. I really want to talk about Bob Barb, Barber. So Bob is uh, a double franchisee. So what I mean by that is he owns a Sandler training franchise, and he used to be in, in, be an owner of Domino's Pizza. You might have heard of Domino's Pizza along the, along the way. Sandler not so much unless you've been in business, and so we're going to talk about a lot about Sandler. Bob has 36 years of business experience. He's bringing us a lot of stuff today. 12 years um, with pizza delivery, 24 years with business consulting with Sandler. He and his wife have an adult son, a daughter, as well as an English lab named Walter. Is that correct? <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> well, I'm so happy you should have brought Walter on with us, but um, maybe next time. Maybe next time. He's not quite ready for prime time. But yeah. Well, we got to train him a little bit. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Thanks for coming on the Franchise Academy. Welcome. And uh, it's so great to have you here. And um, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, Tom. I appreciate it. Good, good to be here. My pleasure. This is awesome. This is awesome. Tell me a little bit about um, your journey. I mean, how did you even get into Domino's? I mean, <laughs> well, the Domino's was pretty much straight out of college, and that was almost a path of least resistance. Uh, I'm still not quite sure how excited my dad was that uh, I, I took a four-year degree and turned it into pizza delivery and management, but uh, it, it seemed to work out. So uh, it it, uh, it all was kind of a, a network. Uh, my my fraternity brother was had bought the franchise rights to build some, 10 stores. So uh, we, we got involved there, did site selection, open stores from the ground up. And, and then I went on to become my own franchisee with my wife. And we did that for about 12 years. So uh, after writing enough W-2s for a lifetime, I, I said, it's time for something else. And, and as those of you who know Domino's, you're open every day but two. Uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas, you get off, kind of. And, uh, and that was enough. We we'd worked enough hours and put in. Got involved there, did site selection, open stores from the ground. Yeah, decided to, to look for something else. And that actually happened through my my dear and wonderful sister, who uh, was a client of Sandler Training at the time. And she was uh, for a lifetime. I talked to these guys. So we decided to make the switch. I actually became a client for a while and uh, I drove one way. This was long before virtual, Tom. So uh, I was driving to live instructor-led training two and a half hours one way for a 90-minute session to learn how to sell. And uh, um and it convinced we raised our ticket averages in in Domino's, and uh, it really worked in many facets of life. And I looked around the room at all the variety of people that had exploded their businesses, and I said, you know what, this works. And they don't have employees, and they don't wear ties, and they work some regular hours. They seem to have a balance of life. So I jumped in and started from the ground up. It's it's such a great concept. Sandler's been around. So it started by David Sandler. 
um, going on probably 50 years ago now. If Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Right. At, right around 50. He kind of put the system together in the late sixties, early seventies, and then really kind of started to franchise by default in the early eighties area. And, uh, and it's kind of taken off from there. And what, one of the interesting myths that people kind of think is, well, it's 50 years old. That's gotta be stale. Um, it's, there was some real genius with David that he found something that was so generic, but also timeless. I mean, it's just been able to morph and mold into pretty much any world that you need to have a communication. Uh, so I'm not trying to get preachy, but it's just uh, it's something I'm fairly passionate about. <laughs> no, and, and I am, too. I mean, I'm a, I'm a Sandler client myself. We were talking about that offline before. Uh, I think it's a great system, not only for business. Personally, it helped me with my personal life. I mean, it, there's a lot of things that can help. We talk about you know, the, the batting average that somebody has. And what that, what that means is your behavior uh, in business, your attitude and your technique. And, and so you guys train on that and help somebody, you know, like me who never, and I used to be a subway conductor in New York before I got into this whole thing. And um, Sandler helped me be, you know, a top producer in, in my company in sales. And, and it's, just amazing and that it works across all industries everywhere anytime um and but it also works in your personal life if you're going to buy a car you could uh raise some kids <laughs> in, absolutely. there is no school to go for parenting and really this is about the best kind of communication tool we got for that uh but tom you just said something that i want to make sure people caught you went from a subway conductor to sales Sales is not a natural born gift. It is a skill and art that can be taught and, and learned for those that want to put in the dedication to change and grow and practice. Um, and that's pretty cool. So. Right. The cooler thing <laughs> is that Sandler is not sales. It, it's really, it's like leadership more than sales. You, you never even talk about sales. You're really talking about, you know, kind of the attitude that you bring and it's, it's very consultative. I mean, people, my clients tell me all the time, like I feel at ease because I don't feel any pressure because I don't, you know, I'm not, per no, I can't talk anyone into buying a franchise. It's impossible. No. So I get it does nobody any good. Right? And, and sometimes people should not buy a franchise and I help them do that too. Um, and, and it's good karma. I don't make any money on that, but you know, if I could help somebody save their life, life savings, I think that it comes back to me in blessings in other ways. Well, Tom, I've talked my fair share of folks out of buying a franchise as well <laughs> of a variety of styles and sizes. But it's interesting. So I consider Sandler a business to business franchise is B2B. So is, am I correct in that? So you're, you um, I have a fair amount of B2C clients. There are nuances, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's probably most associated with a B2B type sales. Um, but uh, our clients, uh, my clients are B2C as well. So yeah. no, I'm sorry, my mistake. What I was, what I meant to say is your business, you yourself. Is B2B. B2B. Yes. Yes. That precisely. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm not door knocking to, to help somebody in the living room. No, it's uh... so this, this is the, the cool thing where, it's, you know, as you say, you know, you say to me franchise and I say Domino's, I say McDonald's, I say Subway, it's all food, but there's 90 different industries, including 
business to business that you can be involved in in franchising. Sandler is a fantastic example of a B2B concept. Like you said, low investment, very nice margins because the low you have low overhead, you have zero staff, you could build it and you could have a whole firm if you'd like, but you start with really no employees or maybe a part-time employee. This is something that, and it has a, a 50 year track record. And so, yeah, you've got to be willing to bet on yourself. And, and you could probably mention this to plenty of people. If your spouse isn't 100% locked up with you in support unconditionally, don't even think about getting started because <laughs> it's tough enough to, without having to go home and say, so <laughs> I got to justify and prove my decision again. So, um, yeah. and, and luckily I've, I've been very blessed that way. That's great. That's great. And, and I have to, my, my wife is a big supporter of business, even though she was a New York city police officer for 20 years. Um, she also made the transition into entrepreneurship. Um, but talking about entrepreneurship, let's talk a little bit about the, um, what you were sharing with me uh, earlier Oh, well, I, I noticed that Sam Zell passed away yesterday and uh, the Wall Street Journal had one of his quotes from uh, the, the Shack Institute of Real Estate that he, he uh, did a talk to about a month ago or so. And he said that an entrepreneur is someone who specializes in doing something that he or she didn't know they could do. Um, and I find that uh, close to a, a franchisee is someone who leverages a system to specialize in something that they didn't know that they couldn't do or could do. And um, I think it's, that's, that's what franchising is all about is leveraging someone's system. Um, I didn't want to take the time to build a wheel that has already been built. Uh, it's proven. Let's take it and run with it. Uh, now that said, if you are going to be a franchisee, you better be comfortable playing within some of the rules uh, of franchising and not try to reinvent the wheel because it's going to be fraught with frustration. That's right. That, and that's a good point. Um, but there is a myth about franchising where once you buy the franchise, they're going to tell you everything that you need to do. And you're, you're kind of a balling chain and that, you know, that franchise becomes, a, you know, just an arbitrage around your neck. And, and, and that does depend on the franchise, but um, some are much more hands off than others. And I think part of that depends on their, their life cycle. But, um, but yeah, by and large, they'll say, Hey, here's the, the playground to play in and, and go get them. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's so true. And, and the funny thing is, is they're looking for innovation from the franchise owners in a lot of cases, like even McDonald's to this day, you know, a large portion of their menu were suggestions from franchise owners because their customers were saying, Hey, do you have salads? Do you have coffee? You know, and, and you name it. I mean, it used to be eight items. Now it's like, I think 143 items on their menu. Um, and one of the uh, shifts that uh, Sandler has actually experienced since COVID because that changed everything as everybody knows um, we all went to virtual training. Now we'd been doing virtual training since uh, probably 2016. Uh, I'm in central Illinois. So I'm pulling from a variety of markets so that clients didn't have to do what I did drive two hours one way. We put in virtual and we're able to stream to them and, and really leverage some of their time. Um, and, uh, and so when that happened, it was a pretty comfortable shift. 
But uh, we as franchisees really pull together. And that's one of the things I love about our group is the network of folks. I mean, we've got some wonderful friends. The folks you've worked with out in Long Island are dear friends of mine. So uh, it, we're very supportive and we want everybody else to succeed. So it, it's really a fun piece to, to really pull together and, and leverage our strengths as a franchise network to help others' clients better. And, and it's pretty cool. Oh, it's fantastic. And, and that is the thing about franchising that people also don't understand is that the franchise company is sort of a guidance coaching facility. Any good franchise, and they're not all good, but <laughs> the good ones are coaching you. The franchise owners you are become your friends and family. I mean, I sold my first franchise. I bought it in 2000, sold it in 2005. I'm still friends with a handful of them. Uh, franchisees I was with when I it's 18 years now uh, I just spoke to somebody over this weekend that was a uh, in the adjacent territory from me and and so you build lifelong relationships and you help you help each other if, if you're in the kind of business where there is some kind of products maybe uh, you can ask for you know do you have extra cheese for the pizza or something you know what I mean and and they'll share it with you uh, as opposed to being a mom and pop where, you know, you can't call your competitor and say, hey, uh, I ran out of cheese, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a little too close to home, Tom. Thanks thanks for the nightmares. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, we've, we've lived that. Um, and, and that's a great point. So you, you were in Domino's, like, I don't, don't want to put you on the spot. I know you're not prepared for this question, I don't think. But if you would give me one or two or three differences between a Domino's, and it doesn't have to be Domino's specifically, but like a food brick and mortar business, as opposed to a Sandler business, what are the differences? What are the advantages at Sandler, would you say? Well, the, the, the biggest difference is the reliance on labor. Um, you, know, you can't do it all in a, a brick and mortar restaurant, as that example. Um, you've got to have a lot of other people that you can count on. Uh, and now there are folks that have a, a variety and multiple of, of locations, and they've got managers and, and supervisors in place. That doesn't mean they can't walk away. That doesn't mean they can walk away. They've got to keep an eye on those key performance indicators. Uh, in that world, it's food and labor. If you can't control those two, you're not going to make it. You're not going to turn off the lights enough or control the utilities enough to make up for a bad food cost scenario. So um, that's that's crucial. There's a lot of variables that can really kill you. Um, and uh, and then, you know, your liability is also a lot higher. Um, frankly, in, in my B2B type sales, my liability is pretty low. Um, and my reliance on labor is pretty low. So, and well, the margins are much better too. So there's some pretty good differences um, that really drew me away from one to the other. Uh, but, um, but the similarities, controlling your costs, keeping your financial house in order are crucial. Being hands-on. Um, I've talked to, I talked to a guy last week. He said, Hey, I want to find a franchise that I can buy and not worry about and make a lot of money. And it's like, what are you smoking hopium? That just doesn't exist. Yeah. If you know what, let me know. But, <laughs> um, but you know, for us, the controlling, uh, the, the key performance indicator is those new, fresh conversations with new opportunities. Uh, sure, 21st century prospecting is, is really come around. There's a whole lot of new tools to, to know what someone's behavioral style, what they're searching online, you name it, we can find out about you, but I still got to have the conversation. And, uh, you know, for decades, for centuries, we were using the, you know, smiling and dialing with a phone book. And so that's changed, but you still have to have the conversations. 
You got to have a conversation. There's no question about it. People often say to me, well, you know, you're going to get outdated because they'll come up with an AI that can match somebody to a franchise company. I'm like, no, not really. I mean, there's Google. You could do that with Google. People still don't buy a franchise because they don't understand the nuances and they get overwhelmed by all the legalities and all the stuff, the franchise disclosure documents and all that. So you do need somebody that's a coach, in my opinion. You don't have to. There's plenty of people who do it. You know, it's funny. The first franchise I bought, uh, I sold in 2005, semi-retired at 41. Bought a second franchise on my own without talking to a consultant, and I failed and lost a ton of money because <laughs> I was cocky. I thought I knew what I was doing, and and I got into a food franchise, and that did not work. So why not get a coach, somebody you know that will help you and and uh, help you succeed? And you know, a Sandler coach is like that. They want you to succeed. I mean, I could call Rob Fishman or Rich Isaac right now, and they will drop whatever they're doing and help you with whatever problem. For them, the answer is yes. What's the question? I mean, it, and they're the kind of friends that you, we love to have. Uh, they're just good, good, solid people. Um, you mentioned something, and now it's gone. But that's right. Keep going. I, oh, I was going to think of something else. <laughs> so. Um, the, the differences in the models are, are probably endless. You could probably write a whole paper about it. But it, in the food franchises, you know, what I have found and, be, and having been a food franchisee is that all the important KPIs are really out of your control. You can't control your rent. You can't control your food costs. And, you know, food could go up. I mean, like, like it is now. How, how do you control your cost in that? If the prices go up, you got to raise your prices. You're going to price yourself out of the market. Uh, employees, you know, if they don't show up, they don't show up. What are you going to do? Um, your landlord sees you're making money. Guess what? Your rent is going up. You know, <sighs> all of this stuff is out of your control. And, and your product is perishable. When your, your food inventory is perishable. And there's that. <laughs> so it so it's a tough way to go. For some people, it's great. Don't get me wrong. But if you're a first-time business owner, and by the way, like, here, here's another myth that we could kind of talk about. People think like, oh, Sandler, you know, sales training, Sandler training, Sandler leadership. You need to be a sales guy. But you don't. <laughs> There's so many people that are like, Rich Isaac was an engineer. And then he was one of the top units in the whole country. I think he got the award last year, two yep. years ago. I mean, um, it, it, that's the thing. They, Sandler will train you, right? I was a pizza guy, for God's sakes. Um, and 24 years later, I'm running, I'm still in my Sandler business. So, um, and believe me, people said, well, what the heck? What, you're, you're a pizza guy, what do you know about this? It was amazing how many of the pieces of the business puzzle extrapolate out into every other business model there is. I mean, it's the same basic stuff. Uh, all the challenges are the same, so. Yeah, good question. Um, I have, a, but I do have a question for you that's probably going to make your head explode. Um, but bear with me on this one. Um, what's the best piece of business advice you've ever gotten? Oh wow! Um, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, um, you, you you prepped me for a couple of these, but not that one. Um, you know, aside from keeping your financial house in order, <laughs> it, which is really, really important and having your spouse on board. Uh, number three is probably you know, do the behaviors, do the behaviors, do the behaviors. You've got to be willing and able to roll up your sleeves and keep plugging away. Uh, 
a failure is just getting a different set of results than we were expecting. So it's going to happen. That's how we learn. Uh, we've got books on it, for God's sake, success through, through failing. Uh, and you just can't be afraid to, to keep trying and doing the things that other people aren't willing to do. Yes, I dumpster dived many nights, uh, two, three in the morning, looking through uh, competitors' dumpsters and receipts and things. Am I proud of it? Well, no, but... It, well, maybe a little. It, it got me data to run my business back in the day. We couldn't Google it. So, uh, but are you willing to do those things? Um, right. <laughs> so interesting. So when you say do the behaviors, what do you mean by that? I mean, what are those key performance indicators, those behaviors, the leading indicators that will drive your business? For us, it's uh, what are those initial conversations? How are you getting those? Uh, is that going to a networking event, walking into somebody's office, um, stopping a stranger that you can reach in touch and say, hey, what do you do? Um, find a way to spark those conversations. Uh, build that cadence through your CRM and your data uh, aggregates to find out who are your prime's targets and find a way to keep dripping on them, whether it's email and phone calls, to get a conversation. Uh, have some ways to do videos, to build your brand, to get your face out there so people get comfortable with who you are and they start to see, all right, this guy's speaking something that I need to hear more about. Um, what are those things you can control on a daily consistent basis to build your plan, to accomplish your strategies, to fulfill your goals, to reach your vision? That's great. And and so what, what I was instructed when I was in my Sandler President's Club class, you know, 10 years ago, um, I was like, I got a goal. I want to like make this much money. And they're like, wait a second, you can't control a goal, but you can control the behavior that will get you to the goal. And that was an epiphany for me. I was like, well, I talked to a business owner two weeks ago. He said, well, here's what we're measuring. We're measuring the results. I said, well, didn't you mention your sales cycles three months long? He said, yeah, it takes us three months to get it. I said, so if you're only measuring the results, you're six months away from having any impact. What do you mean? What do you, what do you, <laughs> it just doesn't work. Um, you can't control it. That is so, and that's it. You know, if I was talking to somebody I placed um, in a franchise and, and it was like a B2B type thing, you know, signs and posters and whatever they did. And, uh, and he was struggling in, in the first six months. And I said, uh, are you doing, you know, your key behaviors? And they're like, yeah, they tell me to, you know, call five people a day, but I don't got time for that. <laughs> well, that's why you're suffering. <laughs> Come on. I mean, they, you don't have time to be in business. <laughs> and so sometimes with with that guy i might have said what because it, it's part-time what 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 else you got going on uh, but yeah it, it, he doesn't maybe he doesn't even know uh what his behaviors are in some cases so right right and it, you know as as what happens i think to a lot of people is the the business becomes overwhelming and and it's just putting out fires and and then the thing that you hate to do, you have an excuse for now because, you know, I had to go do that, you know, <laughs> so I couldn't call, I couldn't call my prospects because I had to go. Behavior avoidance is a very creative skill. 
<laughs> I mean, I've aggressively waited for my phone to ring. I can't tell you how many times. It's just uh, <laughs> just aggressively waiting for that thing to ring. Um, hey, uh, you know, um, before we got on, I got a phone call, and I know we can't talk about revenue, but can we talk about results from clients? Is that fair? I think so, as long as it's not a franchise. Nope, nope. It's a, just a, a guy I know that in sales. Uh, he's in his mid-30s, and he said, Bob, I'm kind of excited. I wanted to call you and tell you. Um, he said... I'm on track to make 250 this year, 250,000. He said, it kind of blows my mind because 10 years ago, I was maybe making 30 grand. He said, it's just pretty wild. And he just wanted to call and thank me. And, uh, you know, that's humbling. I got to tell you, um, cause he's doing it. He's out making it happen. Uh, I just gave him a little confidence and some few tools to, to go there. So, uh, it's kind of fun. And now that's his income. The company itself is, doing pretty well on top of that. So uh, I'll let somebody else do that math. But <laughs> No, no, that's fantastic. And it's what, what's cool about your role. And, and I think what your colleagues enjoy is what you're doing is laying out kind of whatever you want to call it, the roadmap. We call it a cookbook in Sandler. You're, you're laying it out. You're helping them figure it out. You're saying, hey, don't think about making a million dollars. Just think about making five phone calls today. Um, and then a year from now, let's see where you're at. And and then you encourage them. You give them a little attitude adjustment. You try to erase the head trash and get them out of their own head. And then you set them free. And then you get a call like that, man. That's got to blow your mind. That's great. It, it really is. It, it makes going through a bunch of prospects that say, no, I don't want you. Okay. Uh, it, it's, it's not that we enjoy it, but it, it's not the right person. We don't want a hostage. Um, if you're not open-minded and, and willing to, to face some facts, then let's not work together. Um, and back to your BAT uh, comparison. I, I was thinking that as kind of ratchet. Uh, I'm going to give you some, some behaviors to do. Uh, you may or may not do them. All right, well, let's look at the technique you're using. Let's play with that a little bit, refine that. All right, maybe that's something you won't do because your belief system won't let you. All right, let's tweak that. Now we can go back around to the behaviors and we just kind of keep ratcheting that and it just keeps expanding. Uh, and it's, it can be never ending. <laughs> I mean, I, I participate in the Sandler Black Belt classes twice a month with some of the greatest people that Sandler has produced over the recent years. Um, and that's what we do. We're like, there's certain techniques that like, I got that down. I learned that 10 years ago, but then we go, we dissect it to the nth degree. So like, you're, you're right. It never ends. It's fantastic. I kind of think of that like a, a sales gym. Uh, you know, I want you to get sweaty in here you, so you don't get bloody out there. And, and let's let's die, break it apart and, and have fun with it uh, where it's okay to, to fall down. And there's no money on the table. <laughs> so but Rob Fishman calls it the uh, the dojo. So, you know, you got to be honest with people, you know, and, and you're sitting in the room with other business owners and, 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 you know, they admit that they screwed up a call or whatever. And it's like, okay, let's, let's diagnose it in the dojo, you know, cover your belly button because, you know, you don't want to get hit. Yep. And protected and safe. And, and, and I've gotten so much value out of that. Just, I can't even, oh my goodness. I can't even tell you. And, and, and I, and, and I made friends with these people too. So now, you know, years later, I still talk to a lot of these folks that I met in Sandler classes, you know, 10 years ago. And, and so that's a beautiful thing too, is just because you're all in it together. You're like trying to figure this out. Like, how do you do this? 
<laughs> and celebrating each other's successes. And that builds a real bond. So, and, and when you're looking at a franchise, uh, dive in and talk to other franchisees, uh, because if you can't get along with, you're not going to go from all, I, I'm not going to kid you there, but you've got to find enough that you can fit into that culture and be comfortable because you will form a connection when you fight through the same common fights and come out better on the other side. It, it's, it's pretty cool how that works. Uh, yeah. I, I've got some friends from my early days of dominoes and, uh, it's, it's been fun to celebrate the parts of their lives with their kids getting married and those things uh, and be a part of that so uh, those are unique it, it is unique and, and it's it's a very unique experience um where in corporate america you know a lot of people are smiling and shaking your hand but they don't have your best interest in mind to, to put it lightly and I, I have no I have no concept of what that's like. I've never been in corporate America. So I, those I just they don't resonate. But uh, I, I, I hear those stories. Uh. Yeah, no, it's, it's intense. But, but I think this, you know, with with this, the thing I like about Sandler, though, is like, like I said, they're not they don't teach you sales, but it's more about how to consult and and they call it like negative reverse and like all this stuff. It's almost like a reverse psychology type of thing. And, and that I think is what helps, you know, if you're not a salesperson, you go through Sandler, you don't become a salesperson, but you become, I don't even know what to call it, but I think of it as a trusted advisor. I mean, I, I want to be able to counsel and coach and ask you enough questions to help you discover together with me, what's the best path forward. Now we are using a system to, to get there, but it's, it's being a trusted advisor. Um, and, and you know, you've gotten there when you start to get calls about things that have nothing to do about what you do. <laughs> and, uh, that's when you know that, uh, all right, you see more value in me than just what I, the widget I'm selling, uh, or, or the vendor I represent. It's a blessing. That's so awesome. So I, I want to ask you as, as we tie this up, um, is there a myth that you could bust about sales or Sandler or franchising? Uh, well, when one thing I heard about uh, being, you know, personal development, selling that role of what we try to help people with and, and being a Sandler franchisee as well is that you've got to be tough. Um, when in reality, I want you to be vulnerable on the outside because that you need to be strong on the inside. Uh, and I kind of contrast that to folks that are strong on the inside. They tend to be vulnerable on the inside and they often show up as bullies. So, uh, you know, how do you really solidify your core? So the other slings and arrows that come your way don't really hurt as much. Uh, so that's one thing that comes to mind. Um, what was the other part of the question? The franchising in general? Um, yeah, I mean, if, if you had something that sometimes it's like a, a quirk, like people always say this about franchising or, or about sales or whatever, but, but it's nonsense. Well, for the sales that it's not a natural born art, you don't have to be a natural born salesperson. Um, sometimes the, the quiet more passive oriented salespeople are better because they're unassuming. They're not so seen as a threat because a salesperson with a pen is armed for God's sakes. You know, I can make you sign something, but uh, so can you just go in and, and be humble and, and ask some questions. Now it doesn't mean you're, you're not, you know, a presence, you need to have a, a personal presence, but, uh, but you don't have to be a fast talking back, slapping, slapping, slick salesperson. That's, that's the one that everybody gets cringy about. 
Yeah. And, and for, as far as franchising goes, um, you know, they go to the typical stereotypical scenarios, the McDonald's, the Domino's, the Subways, those that, that are front and center. But as you said, there's 90 different industries, did you say? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a lot of good systems out there. Not all of them are good, but there's a lot of good systems out there that can help you find the way you want to make a living. Uh, and that's the key. How do you want to make a living? There's a lot of ways to make money in this world. <laughs> uh, I've seen a lot of them and I've been blown away by a lot of them, but uh, they're not all for everybody. And so find the one that fits for you. Call Tom, let him guide you through some of the options, ask you some questions about what you want to do with your life. What do you want to be when you grow up? And uh, let them do some matchmaking. Let them help you pick what fits for you. Hopefully it's Sandler. Uh, if you want to taste, come down to our summit in the spring. We have one uh, in Florida every year that invites the world to come in and join us. Uh, check out my stuff on LinkedIn or YouTube and, and see what we've got. Bob Barber and Barber and Associates. So I was ask you, say that again. Um, LinkedIn is Bob Barber. Um, and uh, our YouTube site is... Uh, Sandler by Barber Associates, Inc. So, and all of that will be on thefranchiseacademy.com. So check the links below and get in touch with Bob and, and understand how you can change your life through Sandler and all the training that they have available to you anywhere in the world. Bob, thank you so much for being on the Franchise Academy with us. Thank you very much for the invitation, Tom. This is cool. God bless you and we'll see you soon. Take care. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.